what's the over under on you on you losing your voice at this point? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I was feeling pretty rough last night, and I was able to pull through. Yeah. So, I think there's tricks too with like honey and yeah. I don't know whiskey or something. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is whiskey really? Good? I like. I, I'd like to think so, but I feel like it might actually have the complete opposite effect. Yeah, I don't know. I need to do a bit more research on yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, have you, have you, you just have been talking then for the past the past couple of days as, as little as possible? It really just started happening. I've been feeling sick for a while, but like the voice thing is really yeah. pretty new, and the coughing and stuff. Yeah. Um, so you were you were out here. You had a writing retreat out in New York. Uh huh. You were here for what a couple of weeks? I was yeah about two weeks. Yeah. Just you just you wanted to go somewhere to write the new album. Is that the idea? Yeah, basically I wanted to get out of Athens and yeah. just be somewhere kind of exciting, exotic, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And I was reading a lot, reading a lot about um, New York in the seventies, Richard Howe's yeah. autobiography, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Patty Smith. Patty Smith, yeah. And so I was just romanticizing. <laughs> You know, New York, and of course, this is nothing like New York no. in that time period, but it was still cool to kind of just be here and, yeah. and just sort of wander around and, and just fantasize about the lost era. It's, fun, it's funny because I, I was telling you before, like, I had the, I had the opposite thing happen to me a couple of years ago where we, we really want to go down to Athens. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually, I don't know, usually when I think about people doing like, because you, you, you call it a retreat, and when I think about people retreating, from things, yeah, they're usually going to. <laughs> they're usually not going into the most urbanized city in the country. Yeah, well, I think it's it works for me because Athens is so. It, there's nothing really that stimulating about Athens, you yeah. know. Like yeah. when I'm there, it's good because I can focus on recording, and there's nothing really to distract you down there. But it's also not that inspiring as far as like just randomly seeing something that's yeah. really interesting or like being exposed to something new like you know even like overhearing a conversation I mean you know just like little things there's like so much happening all around here yeah. in New York and also last year when I went out to San Francisco um, it's exciting for me to be in urban environments because my normal life is like very pastoral yeah. and it's just nothing happening <laughs> I, I guess I guess I tend to you know when I, I, I think of that like a sort of inspiration around Athens it's just a kind of idea of like all of these like so many musicians in such a relatively small place you know but you're are, are you in terms of like songwriting are you when, when you're actually putting stuff together are you more isolated than, than you used to be yeah for sure I mean I mean, there used to be, like, the whole Elephant Six scene yeah. and stuff, and but that hasn't been a part of my life in so many years, yeah. so I, be, I really just live in this bubble where I just work on my own thing, yeah. and and the people that are in the band now, it's been, it's, it's sort of evolved into this collaborative effort over the last couple of years, and we made two records with um, this, this group of people. I've made two records with this group of people, and, and uh, only, like... One of them really lives in Athens. Mm. Everybody else lives in other places, so I have to get everyone together for these short 
kind of intense periods of time where we work on music together. And then the rest of the time, I'm, I'm kind of just floating. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> were people? Were, how did that? How did that happen? Did, I mean, were were people from Athens and they move away? How did you get such a disparate group of people? Um, yeah, well, everybody has some connection to Athens. Has lived there at one point, except for Bob Parents, who's, who plays bass. Yeah, I met him through just mutual friends. But so he, he used to live in New York. Now he lives out in LA. But I mean, everyone lives pretty close, with the exception of Bob. Everyone lives either in Florida or Tennessee or Georgia. Yeah. It's interesting to me, too, that you did, like, specifically on this record that you went away because it's, you know, in some senses it's it's more personal or maybe your most personal record. I mean, I'm guessing that had to be a part of it. It was just, just, you know, we all have to kind of get out of our brains and, you know, out of the place that reminds us of people. Yeah, it feels safer in a way to write about your personal life when you're not surrounded by mm. people in your personal life or in your private life or whatever yeah. your little private sphere so to be surrounded by strangers it doesn't feel as dangerous really to write about intimate autobiographical topics yeah. and if I was living back in Athens I might feel more self-conscious about it so so, so, so you were you were definitely there was a lot of fear around that. There was, there was fear about um, about what just people hearing stuff and to some degree, but I'm really kind of bad about that. Not really caring. <laughs> <laughs> you did, you did, yeah, you did. I mean, you did. You know, you did because I've heard I've heard you talk about this before in interviews, and you were, um, you know, maybe, maybe not maybe not about offending people personally, but you know, I guess maybe maybe upsetting people. Or I mean, I definitely think about it on some level, but at the same time, <clears throat> I feel like. You know, art is more timeless, and you can't really think about it on the same terms that you might, you know, other things. Like, I mean, in a way, it feels like airing dirty laundry. And I always sort of, I don't really regret it after the fact, but it's a part of like a, it's part of like therapy in a way for me to like come to terms with certain things that I'm having issues with. And because when I look back on the songs I've written that are sort of mean-spirited about people, and I don't feel that way anymore. And so I kind of healed myself or cured whatever problem existed by writing the song about it. And then the song exists as this sort of blemish or this, like, ugliness. And it's just sitting there lurking forever. Well, it isn't. It isn't because you know you're you're going out here and you're you know you're playing some of those songs every night. So it's you, you you're relieve, re- reliving it in a sense, right? Yeah, I mean, on a certain level, I mean, the purity of the initial inspiration is sort of lost okay. over time, just because that that feeling that really yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I wouldn't write that song right now. Yeah. Because I've already written it and it's out of my system now, so I've moved on to something else. Found something else to be negative about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So there's a lot of songs that are like that that I f- I don't even remember like why I felt compelled to write them in the first place. Yeah. Cause I'm like, why would I have such like a negative attitude about this person that's actually really cool? Or I was really being, you know, cruel. Or just not charitable at all. Is is that a through? Like, because I, I haven't, I, you know, I haven't picked up on that o- over the years, and I think like th- this is a case where 
it's it's a little more transparent. Um, you know that it, it, you know the meanings are a little clearer. But is is there a through line of you just being upset with people and writing songs about them over the years? Well, there's <clears throat> there were a handful of people in my life that I was yeah. just kind of chronically frustrated with, but. I think that in general, I have a hard time, at least recently, over the last like six years or something, have a hard time writing positive, hmm. sweet, gentle, yeah. loving songs. It's always they're yeah. almost always inspired by a sort of negative attitude or yeah. or just something kind of darker. Yeah, is that is that is that? A, I mean, obviously, your 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 music changes album to album, but you know there was. However many years ago, there was a pretty felt like a pretty abrupt shift at the time. Um, do those things coincide? Do the, the the negativity and the musical shift coincide? Um, I think that I'm just sort of a miserable person. <laughs> so the early <laughs> records were very. I was trying to not think about, mm. or trying to like transcend, sure, escape that escape. misery. Yeah. yeah. I know. I think I embrace it on yeah. some level. Uh, you, you realize the, the sort of inherent irony of the fact, like I'm looking at you and you're 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 still covered in glitter from last night, mm. and talking about what a miserable person you are. Well, I'm not really a miserable person, but I think that <clears throat> for some reason, maybe it's just easier mm. to write a, a sort of negative song. Yeah. It's a more, it's like a more, it's a more visceral feeling, certainly. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's, because that that was something I was going to ask you about this specifically. And, and, you know, you, there's something about writing like happy songs where it seems a lot easier to fall into the cliche trap. Um, And I mean, that had to be, that had to be like, at least in the back of your mind when, when you you made the very specific decision to kind of write a a breakup record that, you know, that that you're competing with a lot of other breakup records out there. Oh, yeah, but the funny thing is, it's not really funny, actually, but just, it's weird that, I mean, it's not weird. It's not, I mean, Aria Glimpse is not even a breakup record. And I think that I'm partly to blame for not clarifying it early on. Yeah. Because when I was writing this, writing the record it wasn't really uh, it was too soon to write about um splitting up with Nina yeah. you know so really the songs aren't even about that yeah they're about the sort of fog that I was in following that immediately following the split and so of course there are a handful of references to her and to our relationship and to us but really majority of the songs are about just being lost yeah. you know and and trying to find some sort of balance and a lot of the songs are about other people they're not I wasn't ready to write about Nina yet mm. so the, the, the anger is maybe a little more abstract to some degree yeah and the songs are about other people yeah. in my life and not about Nina really and it's kind of sad it's just weird for her because she sees like you know people saying oh it's like a breakup album or whatever and <clears throat> and just assuming that the song is about her yeah but more often than not it's not about her yeah so the the idea that, so I, I guess if there is something holding it together you know if it's it's just it's just the 
the, the place you were in, the, the, the state you were in mentally at following that? Yeah, I mean, like, Nina and I were toge- <coughs> together for, like, 12 years or yeah. something. Off and on, you know. But, so it's weird when you, like, she's the only person I ever really had a long-term relationship with. And you, I d- never knew, like, how much I sort of depended on her mm. for balance. Yeah. And also, like, my perception of my place in the world and just everything is centered around her and and when that's gone all of a sudden you're just sort of falling you know and just completely lost and desperate to find your bearings again Mm. I mean for me so most of the songs you know so I was looking in I was looking at other people to sort of help fill that void desperately you know trying to find someone to replace her <laughs> so most of the songs are about people that I was trying to replace her with huh. which seems like a really gross way to phrase it <laughs> trying you didn't to say re- fill the hole that would have been <laughs> <laughs> that would have been worse yeah. yeah but um, yeah I think that was kind of it was all new to me because I'd never had yeah I'd never been in a long-term relationship before, and so I never... She's the only person I've really been with in that sense, so... It was all new. It, it, it's interesting the way the way those... those you know, I, I, I got out... It was it, it was only three years, but I, I uh, got out of a relationship a, a few months back, and um, it, it's interesting that, you know, you can... You can approach things that happen after that you can actually, like, write songs about, you know, people you dealt with <laughs> dealt with subsequently uh but it because because it's such a big part of your life uh because this person is such a big part of your life it it is it's almost like an abstract idea you know and I, I'm, I'm guessing that's what made it hard to deal with that specifically like you know it's versus knowing somebody for a week you know you, you yeah you just sort of like become one organism in yeah. a way like every decision that you make or that she makes is going to affect the other person profoundly and that's part of the reason why I was feeling like I just couldn't really function like that anymore you know like taking care of myself is hard enough but then like having to like to realize like everything I want to do is going has to be like seen through the filter of us you know and not just me it's easier to be obviously way easier to be completely (laughs) self-centered Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yes, but it's also you know you. The one thing you really, the, the one thing that's immediately clear um, as you're grappling with all these other things is like how how important it is to have a partner in, in some sense, and not you know not just romantically, but but how important it is to to have another person. I mean, it's you know, especially as a creative person, it's really easy to just completely completely isolate yourself. Is that is that what you were doing in New York? Were you did you shut yourself off a bit from the world around you? Um, well, I had some friends here. I mean, that's in a way, <clears throat> I wasn't as productive as I could have been probably because yeah. I think one of the other reasons I wanted to come up here is because I, I, there were people that uh, there was people here that I wanted to see, and so I didn't also do escape Athens and escape yeah. all that that I was going through, the fallout of the breakup and all that. So. 
it wasn't just to write songs. Yeah. Whereas when I was in San Francisco, I didn't really know that many people, and and I did write a lot more, and it was more I was more productive. Whereas in New York, I only wrote like two songs. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's I. Uh, this might be overstated, but um, I mean, do, do you feel like there's a musically at least that there's a big New York influence on the record? Um, I think so. I mean, definitely like Patti Smith and television yeah. influence is there. Seventy-eight. Yeah. 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 And um. Oh, that's this. That was sort of the spirit I was chasing yeah. on some level, but also like a prog. I mean, there's definitely like a proggy influence yeah. as well, and um, uh, glam yeah. as well. <laughs> so it's the guy who's covered in glitter at four, four yeah. in the afternoon. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's the one thing I you know I, I, like everybody else who lives in in New York. You know, I I think about moving all the time. It's just it's kind of a thing that happens when you live here, and um, you know, r- romanticized places like Athens. But I do, you know, I. I I feel like so much of my drive is just built, like right now, it's just sort of built out of the necessity of living here, you know, that there's just like a base level of stuff that you have to do to survive. Yeah. That's my that's my fear. It's like, you know, moving to a place like that where like everybody seems, you know, re- reasonably comfortable and, and, you know, you don't have to pay these exorbitant amount, m- amounts of money for rent that, you know, it's... It, that it's and it's beautiful, <laughs> and for that reason, it's probably. I'm guessing it would be a lot harder for me to be actually be creative there. Um, well, I think also because I travel so much with yeah. the band, I never really feel just like stuck in the rut. I mean, I know a lot of people. I get the sense that people who like never or don't often leave Athens, it is easy to kind of get set in your ways. Yeah. But and I would go crazy. I always get like very restless if we haven't toured in a couple months or whatever, because there really isn't much to do there. You know, you kind of you know like how to live a life there, and it's fine. But yeah. it's not like New York where you could discover a new restaurant or a new bar pretty much every day. Yeah. You know, for a long period of time, go into different parts, of the bur- different boroughs or whatever, and like you know, just be exposed to so much variety. So I think a place like New York is very exciting. Actually, my daughter really wants to move here. And I kind of flirt with the idea of moving here or San Francisco. Yeah. But raising a child in a city is it's a bit scary. It's scarier just because, I don't know, there's so many people, you know, and I'm always afraid of her getting, like, abducted or something. Yeah. Or just... Uh, I mean, there's, you know, just having a lawn in a backyard. I mean, there's there's yeah. a lot to be said for that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But she's bored in Athens too. Like yeah. she, she wants to move. Yeah, she loves being in cities. I don't know if she would start to get frustrated after a while, but whenever I take her here, I try to take her to. How old is she? Uh, ten. ten okay. I try to take her on trips a couple times a year, and yeah. she's been to Oslo a couple times and New York a couple times, and we're gonna go to San Francisco this year. I'm sure she'll fall in love with it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think the real problem is, well, not it's not really a problem. It helps me, but I own a house and a studio, recording studio in Athens, so have my roots set pretty deeply in Athens, and it would take, like, a pretty big effort yeah. to, like, sell all of that and just walk away from that and then just, like, rent an apartment, <laughs> you know? You also, I mean, you also seem to be 
driven in a way that a lot of your peers aren't, you know, in that, like, you, you seem to constantly be working, and, you know, it's staggering to me the number of, the number of records that you managed to put out over the years. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm always, I just have that, I don't know why, it's just, I'm compelled to do it, and yeah. I don't really second guess it, because it's still fresh and exciting, it's always yeah. very exciting and fulfilling to make something new, and be like, I guess the problem is, or not the problem, but like, I never feel really that good about anything I've ever made. I never feel like, oh, this is the thing. You know, this is huh. like, this will define my yeah. creative output, blah, blah, blah. I'm always thinking like, oh, God, please don't let me die. Give me one more chance. <laughs> that be the last thing I did. Yeah, I can do better. You don't look back at any of them and none of them actually stand out as being like... I mean, I'm proud of them. And I yeah. think lyrically, they're interesting. Yeah. Oh, musically, they're interesting. Yeah. But <clears throat> I'm definitely proud of them. <clears throat> but the weird thing is, like, I would never make it, them again. Yeah. So it's kind of strange yeah. to think that, like, well, okay, so I made it, and I was deeply, I was deeply immersed in the spirit of this thing. <clears throat> and so I can appreciate that. <clears throat> then the spirit dissolved, and then some new spirit came and swept me up. You, you risk, that, that, that's a big risk you take by trying to do something new every time. It's just not being happy with not being happy with the results maybe maybe like maybe just extending yourself in in a way that you're you know in retrospect you're not really comfortable extending or oh yeah well i mean even like we're talking about writing these like deeply personal songs i mean i could potentially regret writing so much about my personal life but at the same time i feel like it it gives it this value and and timelessness you know that because it's easy to write from a persona, mm. or you know, to just be like, oh yeah, this the song's not about me, or this song's not about anyone in particular. It's just about a universal yeah. thing. But I think the songs that I connect with the most are the songs that feel very confessional and very intimate, and and it's sort of a window into someone's life. You know, like Leonard Cohen songs or Bob Dylan songs. Yeah. Lou Reed songs whatever you know like if it feels like oh that person really did exist that person was you know they were in a room together or they were in a bed together or they like had a life together or whatever you yeah. know period of time together it just feels more authentic more like a more authentic statement is it hard you know you, you mentioned Leonard Cohen and, and Dylan specifically and um, you know even at their you know most musical like biggest most flourishing levels like it's still the, the the lyrics the singer everything I mean it's out there and and all and you know the you know the majority of stuff the stuff that we know from them are, is really kind of stripped bare I mean is it is it you guys are an incredibly musical band there's a lot going on in everything you do is there is it is it harder to be immediate is it harder to be to to really be confessional if like there's there's layer layers upon layers of you know not only music but theatricality. It's probably easier, actually, yeah. just because there's more to hide behind. Yeah. If it was just me and yeah, an acoustic yeah. guitar. and But even then, it wouldn't bother me, or I wouldn't feel self-conscious about it. I yeah. think that I just really have a mind for music in that I, I want to create something very complex and unpredictable, yeah. and I enjoy making these sort of collage-style arrangements, you know, where things don't song you know in songs the parts don't repeat that much and 
a song can go in any direction at any moment, change keys, change time signatures, change musical styles, and sort of like an ADD <laughs> approach to songwriting. And I find that very liberating and fulfilling because, I mean, sometimes, you know, it's like, okay, I want to write the perfect pop song. It's like writing the great American novel or something. Yeah. It's much easier. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there, I, I, you know, I, I won't name any names, but I, you know, I will admit that there, are, like, there are cases of some of your songs where I'm like, oh yeah, this, what a great, and then it's like, oh, I just did, oh. <laughs> you know, it's just, you just went in an entirely different direction, like, oh, you know, what a, what a, what a, what a, what a great hook, and then you know, you just then something just completely, completely comes out of left field. Yeah, I think, I mean, on some level, people can find that. I feel like critics often find that frustrating. Yeah. Which is funny to me because, I mean, like, we're definitely, I wouldn't really think of us as, like, a critic starling yeah. at all. And the bands that are, to me, are kind of boring. Yeah. And it's almost like you don't really win any points for effort <laughs> or, like, originality. Or you, or you do in 20 years, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. People figure it out at some point. Yeah. But it's kind of, it feels sort of like, if I, I mean, I could easily simplify it. Yeah. But then it wouldn't give me any sort of fulfillment, mm. you know? If I was to just make it or try to like crack the code, like what do people want? Yeah. They want something that they can instantly understand and instantly feel good about. Yeah. But I think it should be awkward. I think I have like too much appreciation for awkwardness and I like for my music to be awkward and I like yeah. by changing so much in a song it it's very unsettling. And it's cool in that way because I think it's so boring if you just have a instant sense like okay this is what this is the song this is what the song is yeah this is the vibe of the song and it's never going to change it's so boring I can't deal with it well and and you know and, and like when we're talking about sort of like musical cliches I mean if you came out and like it was you and a guitar and a violin and you were talking about how sad you were yeah I mean, <laughs> You, you probably wouldn't win too many people over doing that that either being just totally on the nose about it maybe but maybe I would I mean I don't know really yeah it seems to kind of like if you do make something that is very challenge or just like remotely challenging yeah often people I mean like the masses or whatever, it's not going to appeal to the masses sure but it will appeal to people like us that yeah. have a mind for it and and are excited about like you know like I probably listen to too much Osmi Tantes or something because it's just like like weird uh, weird rhythm patterns and yeah and just say like yeah. you have to like look at the LP or whatever to be like where's the groove oh okay so this is still the same song yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. the song could it could feel like four different songs within one song and I think I find that really exciting and cool that if you don't even know or just to like blow up the whole concept of like the two and a half minute pop song or whatever so a song can be very hooky and have like elements of pop to it but just not be um just not follow the parameters of or follow the archetype of the pop template or whatever well, that's something that I, that, I, that I wanted to ask you too. Is you know, like um, again, you know, there's this idea. I, I and sea change is like a good example of like Beck got really sad, and then Beck put out a, a really kind of a sad guy record. Um, you know, just 
is I almost I almost hate asking this question because it's like such a critic question to ask. But um, I don't know. In, in in your mind, is the does the lyrical content and 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 the music do those always do those always match up? Are are those are they are they even are they even related or is it just? Yeah, I don't think they. I mean, sometimes you can set a mood with the music. Yeah. That connects on a deeper level with the lyrics. But I think often I I won't worry about them connecting at all, you know, and I'll have music that feels completely wrong for the yeah, yeah, yeah. for the lyrical content. Yeah. And, and that's by design? I think that sometimes it is and I mean sometimes it's like, okay, I'm a sad guy <laughs> but instead of making a sad guy song sure. I'm gonna try to make a happy guy song yeah. so that it will boost my spirits sure. and help me transcend whatever misery has befallen me but then lyrically it will usually be connected to my personal life so the misery will be there yeah but it will be sort of masked behind this sort of colorful um presentation it, it, it is sort of it is it is kind of funny to me that you you know that you were it, at least some part of you was 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 worried about maybe being a little little too naked lyrically because um I, you know, I, I think you give people probably a little too much credit for being able to figure out what the hell you're talking about <laughs> in a lot of your songs. Well, yeah, I mean, I, not really w- worried is probably the wrong word. I mean, more just like trying, I mean, I'm trying to maybe be a little bit more conscious of people's feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just how like people, how you would feel if somebody exposed something yeah. from your personal life. I mean, I know that like Nina's definitely told me many many times that she doesn't like you know having our private life exposed in that way yeah. I mean because it's also like it's like a one-sided conversation you know like you're the one framing it for people in a way that maybe you think works for you sure. but she but she's an artist too right yeah so. she's an artist too and she does stuff but it I guess I'm just a little bit more public yeah or just because music works in that way you know I'll get interviewed a bunch, and yeah. So I don't know. I think she thinks it's gross that I would talk about our private life. That's that is that is kind of the funny thing about it, though. Is you know, is you know, it, I mean, however, however confessional or non-confessional you are on that record, almost doesn't matter in a sense because like you're gonna have to come out here and and talk about it, and like for better or for worse the press release that goes out connected to that like that's sort of a, a talking point there so you know you know going into it that almost regardless of what you actually say on the record that it's something that you're gonna have to touch on yeah definitely and I, I think I've also kind of established myself as someone who does write about their private life yeah so maybe people would be more curious whereas if I was somebody that was very I don't know just wrote about trivial things and nobody would be like so what is all about that bass like what is that really about <laughs> that's that's a slightly it's got a slightly deeper meaning <laughs> I guess um, so I, I, you know it, it, it sounds it sound like you're almost alluding to the fact that that um, you know because because you hadn't quite worked up to the point to really confront directly on this record that it's not really as in there as maybe some people are reading into it but um, 
And, I, and, and again, like, I hate to sort of, like, you know, move on to the, the next thing, but is, is it something that you plan to confront more directly in the future? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've written, like, six or seven new songs for the next record, and, <clears throat> you know, there are songs that are dealing with that yeah. a bit more. And, um, yeah. But I still don't think I'll, like, make, like, yeah. the breakup album yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because, I mean, it just seems really soap opera-y. Or sure. So. I mean, you know, there have, to be fair, there have been some pretty good breakup albums over the years. So yeah. It can be. I think it still can be done well. But also, I don't think I'll be able to maintain that level of focus on one subject. Yeah, that's fair. For, like, 40 minutes or whatever. Yeah, that's fair. Are you, um... Yeah, you know, how uh, you know, especially especially in these songs that are that are particularly personal. Um, when you when you go out and do them night after night, you know, when you do them as show, which again, it's a very sort of you know, there's a lot there's, there's a lot going on, and you're you're dealing with your voice, you're dealing with with everything else. I mean, is it still how, how conscious of you are, are are you of what you what you wrote, you know, six months or, or a year ago, when you're actually out there singing it. Well, if I'm, like, connected to what I'm singing... I mean, sometimes I could be sort of on autopilot and not really think about what I'm singing. I'm trying to get better at that. I mean, I'm a huge Nina Simone fan, and I think the reason that I'm always touched by her performances is because she seems deeply connected to every moment of every song, and she's she's not really unconsciously... I mean, I could easily just kind of go through a whole set and, and not really feel emotionally connected to it, and I could be singing songs that are very personal and, and very heavy and just not feel anything. And I feel like that's uh, a shame because squandering this opportunity to connect or, I don't know, just to, f- to feel more connected yeah. to my life experience. And just the realization that, like, you, you might, however many albums you might have left in you, that it's still kind of a finite thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, because it's easy to like. I mean, especially once we play the song a dozen times or whatever, for it to sort of for like the intensity of the emotion to sort of dissolve. Yeah. And um, I think that's just the way. That's just natural. It'd be strange, I think, if I still felt the same power of emotion. It, it, it's actually, it's interesting that you, you bring up Nina Simone because I was thinking about this a while ago because she does a, um, a Randy Newman cover. She does a, you know, I think it's going to rain that song. Uh-huh. And I said, you know, I was like, I was thinking about this sort of scenario of A, like somebody trying to explain Randy, Randy Newman to Nina Simone which would be kind of interesting but also like, it's doubly interesting that she's, she's bringing so much of herself into a song that in a lot of cases, I don't, I don't know if she did any of her own writing but you know, certainly in a lot of cases she's singing somebody somebody else's song so that's you know that that, that, that's a situation where i I imagine that that she's projecting a lot of her she's taking sort of her own baggage her own experience and projecting them onto these words you know you're mostly doing things that you wrote but at the same time it's evolving so your feelings i mean you know your feelings you're, you're bringing different things to the table as you're singing these songs from you know however many years ago yeah i wonder i mean it is almost like doing a cover song anyways yeah. because the time, the moment has passed yeah. and you're not, I'm not that person, you know, I'm not the person that I was five years ago or whatever. 
so I do have to like <clears throat> try to get into that frame of mind if I want to like really pull it off in the in the best way in the yeah. truest way remember what I was thinking remember what I was going through remember how it felt but also like yeah with experience and with the time that's passed and the distance and it sees maybe I could have a different uh, a different feeling about the experience yeah. and maybe that would help the performance of the song as well well there, there's there's an understanding too I mean you know like getting getting back to Bob Dylan there's an understanding that you know you're continuing to evolve so you know you're not you're not going out and playing the the song from the record I mean you're not you're not playing it note for note anyway right yeah but unlike Dylan we usually stay pretty true to the album arrangement yeah I mean I I have a appreciation for what he would do changing the songs and and feeling like the version on the record is it's not the definitive version it's just a version you know sure but I tend to, I don't know, like, to hear a completely different version of a song, I never really found it that exciting because yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. the recorded version, sure. you know, normally. It, it's, it is like, it's nice hearing a thing that you know when you go yeah. see a band that you like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, you realize, like, any song could be any other song. Like, you could make any song, you could transform it in any number of ways, and it could completely lose the spirit of what attracted to you what attracted it to you in the first place yeah. you know like like hearing him do really just strange versions of Maggie's Farm or something yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Eh, okay it's a different version but it's yeah. not necessarily better yeah or maybe there's a reason why this is the one you, that you picked to be on the album yeah totally <laughs> um, but, but, I, how, but you know to some degree I, I'm assuming that your songs are coming together in the studio a lot too that like in a sense they are they kind of are a creation of the studio. Like, you know, Dylan's, what was it, like, Blood on the Tracks, where he did, like, a New York version and, like, an L.A. version or whatever, mm-hmm. or Memphis, where we recorded And, you know, the songs were there, did two completely different versions, but isn't what you're recording, at least at, at this phase, a product of the studio? Um, to some degree. I mean, this record, we demoed everything beforehand, before we went out to the studio that we ended up working at, and... So we demoed everything in my home studio. It was just basically me and Clayton and worked out um, most of the arrangements and and the parts. And so we had like a pretty strong sense of how we wanted it to feel. Yeah. And then get everyone in, in the room together and, and knock it out. And then things become a little bit more electric and exciting. But in the past, when I was working by myself, yeah, I think that's why a lot of the arrangements are ex- just insane. Like when I go back and listen to Paralytic Stalks or uh, some of the stuff on like False Priest, yeah. and it's just I can kind of see how yeah, I was just by myself, not really thinking about anyone ever hearing it, just making something that I found exciting, and then when yeah. I got bored, I would change it up, and so it would go through like different permutations until it got to the point that, that I ended up releasing it but it might have been better to have worked faster you know like if you're working by yourself and you and you could get bored with something because you've listened to it you know 40 times or whatever but if you only listen to it like twice yeah 
then <laughs> you wouldn't get bored with it. When, when, when you when you go back and look, because I know, like you said, like you know, you, you, you're, you're maybe not super in love with anything you did, but are you? Do you end up being more satisfied with the the, the things that you thought nobody would ever listen to? Um, I don't know if there is if there's anything like that where I'm like, I mean, some of the things that <clears throat> I feel like are most popular songs, with the exception of the past is a grotesque animal. Is I think a lot of the, our most popular songs, like "Wraith Pinned to the Mist" or yeah. "Party's Crashing Us," a lot of the songs that are very that are very like crowd pleaser type songs are very simplistic mm. musically, and or they feel very simplistic to me. And then the more complicated ones, the ones that I feel more proud of, just on a compositional level, mm. often will be just too awkward and and too strange for people to really understand and get excited about so I think that I do feel more I feel prouder of of the songs that aren't are most popular well, and you, you said complex I mean are you are you do you tend to just be more proud of the ones that are have more layers yeah I think so I mean I think that they feel like a more original artistic statement yeah. and you know I don't know. It seems like a lot of songs that are really complicated or I don't know. It's like people say like, oh, you're trying too hard or something, you know. Sure. But I feel like you should try too hard. <laughs> <laughs> we should all be trying harder. You don't ever get, I, I, you know, this, that's it. That's You don't ever get jealous of the people who just do things and they're perfect the first time and... No, I mean, who is that? Well, or, or 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 at least the people who make it look simple, I guess, is maybe a better way of putting it. Oh yeah, I mean, there's some people that can do it in a way that's deceptively yeah. simple, but it's actually kind of complex sure. when you investigate it further. Um, and I try to do that. Yeah, I don't want it to hurt people's brains or feel extremely mathy. You know, I want it to feel like it is, like the songs are. That have like they have just like a easy flow to them or whatever, but are also kind of secretly tricky. But you never feel like you've you've, you've worked it into the ground or you've just spent way too much time on it. Um, sometimes I guess. Yeah. I guess I don't really second guess things that much. Yeah. You know, when I make something, it's very pure. It's coming from a very pure place, and I'm not really stepping outside of it and trying to imagine how would we proceed from another person's brain you know I try to just like live in this bubble sure. and not care <clears throat> what an audience like just a random person or a, a fan or whatever is going to think or a critic's going to think I just make it because I find it exciting and I feel compelled to do it and sometimes I feel compelled to make something that's like impenetrable and <laughs> and super awkward and yeah. sometimes I feel compelled to make something that's more listener friendly. Have you? I, I'm guessing like you've got a, a pretty like refined work work process though when it comes to actually putting the songs together. Well, it's always different. Yeah. Every song is different. You know, it has a different process, and I don't really have. I'm not like one of those artists that has um, much discipline as far as like okay, I'm going to write from this time to this time yeah. every day. I have a, a way more casual approach to it. Just whenever I feel inspired, I make something and 
most of the time I'm not making anything. I'm just floating through life and occasionally have these like blasts of inspiration, but yeah. most of the time it's just I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> Do you? Uh, it, it, it's it's just, it's funny, you know, that you can you can look at this record and. and point very specifically to either what you were listening to at the time or the, or the you know the bands the music that was um, that, that was influencing you you know you mentioned like the CB stuff and, and, and the prog stuff um, is part of complicating it to you is part of complicating it to you sort of like <clears throat> subverting like how obvious those influences are uh, yeah I mean on some level I wouldn't want it just to feel like a this caricature record or? yeah it's, it would probably be better if I could focus in that way and be like, yeah, I'm going to make a prog record or I'm yeah. going to make like a CBGB's record or whatever. But my brain doesn't work that way. I'm I'm always just feeling distracted or like, oh, sick of that vibe. I want to do. <laughs> I want to use a different vibe or different set of reference points or whatever. But to be honest, I don't even really think like that. I mean, I think maybe like some, like, I don't know, unconsciously maybe that thought process is happening but like standing here with you right now in Union Square in the sunlight I feel like I don't even know what we're talking about have I written songs like that happened <laughs> yeah like I know I guess somewhere in my mind I've or somewhere somehow yeah I've written things but like it's so weird I don't know I don't really I mean I feel connected to them yeah on some level but like not really that deeply all the time. It's got to, like, it's, it's been, what, like, 13 records? Is that right? I mean, uh-huh. that, that's got to feel good at least, right? Not really. No. <laughs> I mean... That gloom, that gloom again. Well, I just don't... I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to feel good about myself. Like, mm. yay, I've made these things. Yeah. You know, like, who cares? Like, if I can't make something really special with the next record, then it's totally absolute meaninglessness you know like I only really only care about the next thing yeah. really but that's I mean that's right that's the sort of the the, 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 the kind of the you know like the gloomy the gloomy artist quandary that was like yeah well I mean if you made the thing that was your per- perfect thing like what what's going to compel you to make the next thing yeah I mean I think about people like Bergman or, or Woody Allen you know people that just continuous continuously put out Regardless of quality, maybe in well, Woody Allen's case. Yeah, I mean, with Woody, I mean, I think he he's just he needs to be working. Yeah. And yeah, and it's just like with me, it's not always going to be good necessarily. But if you do keep working, or you, it's just like integrated into your life, and you just need to do it, you're just compelled to do it. Um, sometimes you hit on something good, and sometimes you don't, but it's that the process is fulfilling it's, you know it's yeah. the process is or just like having that is why having that uh, in my life keeps me going have, have you ever have you ever just been totally unable to write I mean has, has there been a long stretch where you just couldn't because again like really consistently over the years it seems like you guys have been putting out records I think that there's like Nobody's really expecting much from you, you know? Like, if you put out one record every two years or something, people are like, whoa, you're super prolific. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. It's nothing. That's, that's fair. <laughs> it's a relatively low bar compared to what the rest of us have to do. Totally. Day to day. It's yeah. like the easiest thing. Yeah. 
I'm not the easiest thing, but I mean, like, if you can't do a record every two years, and it's just strange. And it, but it's also weird because like it takes forever for a record to come out. Yeah. So like we made this record sure. last September, I think. And you wrote it way before that. Yeah. And then it finally came out yeah. like two weeks ago or a week ago. So of course, like in the meantime, I'm going to be working on other things. Yeah. So it might seem like I'm keeping up a, sh- a fast pace or whatever, but yeah. just everything is so slow. Yeah. And also, yeah, we're not expected to accomplish very much. So if you accomplish anything, I mean, like I feel like like Robert Pollard is a great example sure. of somebody who like really kicks ass all yeah. the time. Almost can't stop himself. Yeah. yeah. So when you hold yourself up against that then you realize like oh I'm pretty damn lazy like the laziest son of a bitch well sure yeah you can you you can always do that but again like I'm not gonna name any names but again like you look at like some some of the contemporaries even like some of the you know people some of the Athens people and like you know they put out some really really wonderful records but that you know it seems like it's been a while Yeah, I guess some people just, you know, they just work yeah. at different paces. It just depends on who you decide to compare yourself. And, yeah. and you, I think you're like me in that you always want to compare you to some, yourself to somebody at least a little bit better. Yeah, and I think I have, like, maybe I'm more insecure, mm. and I always feel like I have yeah. this need to prove myself. Sure. And if you don't have that drive to prove yourself, then maybe you won't be as prolific and yeah. be more like self-satisfied or something like I said the idea that you know your last record was your masterpiece so why would you even try try to top that yeah um, alright so I'm going to send you back now but I, I got to ask you about the uh, are, have you gotten better about getting getting glitter out because you've still got traces well the problem is is cruelty free makeup remover I see <laughs> <laughs> I need the cruel makeup yeah. remover yeah tested on animals yeah I think that's the problem and also um, I don't really care you don't care do, do you, is it like everywhere in your house at this point um, everywhere in my house is, are there, is there glitter all over the place oh uh, no not really I mean on tour I don't, I don't wear at home really <laughs> yeah I know but it, it's like sand you know like oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 glitter's weird in that way like I think that I've cleaned it off my face and then I'll yeah. look in the mirror and it looks like I'm just like a desert of glitter. There was a there was a, uh, a service. I, I don't think it's around anymore. It was around for about a week, but it was uh, send your enemies glitter. Did you see that? Uh uh-uh. uh Where so so you know it's like an un- unmarked package. It's like anthrax. You open it up. And <laughs> oh, like a glitter bomb sort of thing. Glitter bomb. Can't get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, that would be annoying. I have enemies. I hope they don't hear this. <laughs> there you go. That was Kevin Barnes of Montreal. Really, really enjoyed that conversation. Worth, worth mentioning that Kevin was was pretty sick at the point that we did that. It was uh, he was he was not in he was not in, in great shape. It was right before the the Webster Hall in, in New York City. Um, you know, it's obviously a, a huge huge show for them, and he was just feeling like 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 hot garbage. So we uh, it was also fortunately um, the stars kind of aligned on that one because it also happened to be the first actual nice day. Um, I'd say of, of the year, but, you know, probably, like, the, the first, like, really genuinely nice day of about a, a year. It seemed like a year and a half in New York City. The sun was shining. It was beautiful. Uh, he had a cold, so he was drinking uh, some coconut milk, and we walked down to, to Union Square and and, uh, and had that talk. Really, really fascinating, really candid conversation. Uh, totally fascinating band and, and super interesting guy. I've been following them for a while. Um, 
just over over the arc of their career, their, their music has changed so much from from record to record. To record, uh, pretty much, I, I would I would say pretty much unrecognizable, save for Kevin's voice at this point. Uh, they seem like a, a very very different band, but um, fascinating, fascinating nonetheless. Um, part of the Elephant Six scene. Uh, so you know, I've interviewed him a few times over the years through that and, and through all the different uh, records that have come out, and it's really. Um, Really interesting to get some insight into his process, especially when it comes to, to this latest record, Ori Gloom, which you know is um, uh, kind of a kind of sort of a breakup record. Um, you know, he, he I mean, obviously he goes into this during the conversation, but he was he, he was certainly working through through some stuff on that one. Um, so really fascinating. Thanks so much to him for for taking the time to do that and for being just so super completely honest. With his, and forthright with his answers. Um, also, also interesting. You know, we went to uh, you know we went to, to Ian Scare, so we were standing there. Um, we were both standing up next to this uh, big George Washington statue at the south side of the park, and um, you know, talking, talking back and forth. Um, and and we wrapped it up, and, and he went to, he went back to to, to Webster Hall, and uh, I guess this is really a, a very 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 kind. Uh, older older gentleman was was standing beside us for a while, just had this huge smile on, on his face. And uh, after he finished talking, walked up to me and said, "Was that Kevin Barnes?" So he's to- totally totally starstruck to see to see him. There. And, you know, it's it's New York City. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's famous people walking around all over the place. So so really really great seeing that uh, that, that that he's had that effect on people. Uh, thanks so much to him. Uh, thanks to you guys as always. Uh, for listening to the show. If you liked what you heard, you can send us some feedback. It's rewildcast at gmail.com. Um, you can, uh, what can you do? To, uh, so you can follow, well, you can follow me on Twitter. It's Beheater uh, over on Twitter. You can follow us on Tumblr. That's rewildcast.tumblr.com. Um, you rate us over on iTunes. And uh, while you're over there, check out the other fine podcast from the Boing Boing Podcast Network. Uh, thanks to Brian, as always, for, for editing this thing together. And I mentioned this last week, but it, it's worth mentioning again um again i've got uh got 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 a few episodes in the can right now so we'll be fine for a little while but uh i am starting a new job well as as you're hearing this i'll have started a a new job uh yesterday so um you know know, it's hard to tell but you know given the fact that my days are going to be a lot fuller than they 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 have been when i've been freelancing uh maybe a little a little more difficult for me to keep uh, the weekly schedule that we've been doing for the last couple of years but i'm trying to keep it as as um, as regular as regular as humanly possible. Uh, we will be back next week, however, so stay tuned for that uh, for uh, another episode of RYL.